Voted the third most livable city in the world, Adelaide truly is designed for life. In the Experience Adelaide podcast, hear stories from the people who are creating great experiences and opportunities in the CBD as we showcase the amazing events, hotels, businesses, schools and more right in the heart of our city. Liz Walsh has spent her working life telling the stories of the people of Adelaide. Liz has been working as a journalist or as an editor at the Advertiser and Sunday Mail for almost 16 years. An award-winning journalist, she is now a senior sports reporter and has been instrumental in increasing the coverage and profile of women's sport in Australia. We hear Liz's story of working in Adelaide along with stories of women in sport. Why did you actually want to be a journalist? I had always been interested in the news. My parents, I wasn't allowed to watch any commercial stations growing up. Um, I was only allowed to watch the ABC. And so I watched a lot of news growing up with mum and dad. Um, And I loved writing. So journalism seemed a good fit. But of course, my first day of journalism school um, at UniSA, in walked our course coordinator. And he said, right, if any of you think you're going to make any money being a journalist, get out now. And if any of you think that we're going to turn you into, you know, Pulitzer Prize winning writers, get out now. And I was like, oh, (laughs) he's certainly true on the money part, um, but the writing part I haven't found to be accurate at all. Nor the award part. Because you are the winner of the Grant Hattam Award for Journalism Excellence at the AFL Players Association Awards. Oh, yeah, maybe that's true. Good one. Um, not a Pulitzer Prize, though, but a Grant Hattam Award. <laughs> but, um, you know, I've, I've found the career that I've been lucky enough to be filled with words. Um, I think I also really wanted to make the world a better place. Um, and I see the women's sport stuff that I do now as helping to make the world a better place. I feel good about telling the stories of athletes and and reporting on on their games and their achievements and things like that. And how hard it is for them sometimes. And how hard it is, yeah, definitely. I've told lots of stories of athletes who, you know, um, will work all day and come to training at night. I remember remember interviewing one player in 2019. Her name was Jess Foley. She was a a Crows player and she was just starting out as a doctor I remember interviewing her one day and she said, oh, Liz, I'm so sorry. I'm so tired. I've just been in a 12-hour surgery. <laughs> and then there she was coming to training afterwards. I mean, it's amazing, isn't it, what, what these athletes managed to do. Yes, the story that won the award was an AFLW story that I did with some North Melbourne girls. So the AFLW this year had its very first Indigenous round. So the AFLW is what, five seasons in now, and so it's starting to replicate the men's league in lots of ways. So the men's league has an Indigenous round, and this was the first year the AFLW had one. So I wrote a story with a couple of girls from the North Melbourne team um, who have only recently discovered that they have Indigenous heritage. Uh, and so they're both on this journey of just discovering their culture and um you know, who their grandparents were and those kinds of things because their grandparents grew up in a time where they just didn't feel they wanted people to know about their Indigenous heritage. So these girls uh, told me their stories about, you know, just how they're, they're learning to, I suppose, reframe who they are inside being Aboriginal. And it won um, a Players Award, or an award last night by the AFL Players Association and, um, and it's, 
voted for apparently by the players. So that's that's quite nice. And it's the first time a women's football article has won the award. So I think that's what I'm most pleased about. Congratulations yeah. Yeah, on that. Yeah, thank you very much. Yeah, it's good. And mm. and now another thing. Mm. We're sitting here in Radio Adelaide. We are. <laughs> I've got a distinct feeling it's a case of welcome home. Well, sort of, yes, it is. So um, I went to journalism school in 2001. I was doing a graduate diploma at the University of South Australia and the radio program was all uh, done through Radio Adelaide. Like, I, I loved it so much. I, I, I loved the immediacy of it. I, I loved the adrenaline of getting on air and, and all those kinds of things. Anyway, I loved radio so much. It was it was such an exciting, you know, format to be a part of. I really thought that uh, radio would end up becoming um, a career path for me into journalism, but it wasn't uh, to be. You ended up in Port Lincoln. I did, I did. And um, I'll tell you the funny story. <laughs> it goes for a while, but anyway. Um, so I finished finished uni, started um, applying for jobs in radio, specifically the ABC cadetship because, um, you know, it was just the premier cadetship program that that you could apply for. And my lecturer at uni had just been, oh, Liz, you're so excellent at radio, you know, you'll be a star one day, blah, blah, blah. And so I just thought, oh, great. Well, I've got this ABC cadetship all stitched up, don't I? Anyway, I think I got through to through a few different rounds because there were lots of rounds in those days that you had to get through. Um, and then I was let down very gently by the ABC that, no, I did not have a cadetship. And apparently they said that my vocal cords rubbed together or, or something like that anyway and it was <laughs> anyway so I, I their loss um yeah well maybe I don't know anyway I um I I was very dejected because I just assumed I was going to get a job in radio and uh hadn't been applying for anything else uh and and one of my fellow students rang me one day and said hey I've just got a job at the Port Lincoln Times and uh, they're looking for another journalist over here so why don't you apply so I was like, oh my gosh, excellent, right, a job I can apply for, great, great. So I picked up the phone, called called the um, called the editor and she said, oh, I'm so sorry, but you're, you're too late. We've got someone coming on Monday um, who's going to do a week's uh, work experience and if they work out, then they've got the job. I went, okay, well, look, I'll, I'll send you over my resume anyway. Um, you know, if anything comes up, please, please let me know. Anyway, a week later, she did call me and say, hmm, hey, that guy didn't actually work out. Would you like to come over for a week's work experience, see if you work out? The job's yours if it, if it does. And so I was like, yes. So I jumped on a plane, off to Port Lincoln I went and, uh, and I ended up getting the job. And when I did, I said, look, why didn't the other guy work out? You know, was, it, was he you know, was it really hard or, you know, whatever. And she said, oh, no, he did work out and, and we offered him the job. But when he came back to Adelaide, he found out he got the ABC cadetship. <laughs> so, yeah, he ended up, I ended up getting the job that he got because he got the job that I wanted. So, anyway, <laughs> journalism. <laughs> Radio's loss, the world of newspapers, absolute game. Yes, it's interesting. I have never been out of print since. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you've been in print for almost 16 years. It would be coming up to 20 20, next year, that's actually. right. Yes. 16 years with the Advertiser, Sunday Mail, also SA Life, and there was a stint in Canberra. Do you, there was. Do, what, do you want to give us a whistle stop through Canberra sure. and then how that path led you back, back to back Adelaide? to Adelaide. So yeah. I spent two and a half years, uh, you know, learning 
um, the craft, I suppose, in Port Lincoln. And then after a while in Port Lincoln, you would literally walk into the pub and you would have interviewed every single person in there. Um, So I just kind of went, right, next challenge. So I got a job um, in Canberra at the Canberra Times and they were training up um, at the time because I was only about 25, 26. They were training up young people um, to become sub-editors. And they, they're the same media company, the Canberra Times and the Port Lincoln Times, owned by the same company. So um, they were looking for young and up-and-coming, you know, journos to train as sub-editors. So I took up that role over in Canberra. But to be honest, I, I lasted 14, 15 months. Um, by that stage, I had been away from home for close to, you know, four years or something. And I just really wanted to come back home. And, you know, my family would call me for the really big things. You know, but I just wanted to know when my sister got a haircut, you know, yes. <laughs> you know, so I came back to Adelaide. Leaving Canberra, missing home, mm. and you came back to Adelaide. Yes. To a job at the Advertiser, Sunday yeah. Mail. Yeah. How yeah. was that? It was really exciting. Sort of felt like I was taking another kind of step um, in my in my career, but also personally coming back. And I moved into an apartment in, in the city on, on Gilly Street with a friend. And so I got to walk to work and, um, you know, just trip down um, King William Street and it just felt so great. So I'd spent, you know, sort of four-ish years living in the country, South Australia, and then living in Canberra. And coming back to Adelaide over that time, the city had changed. I felt like there was a lot of um, investment that was coming into the buildings and coming to Adelaide and then the first time I ever stood out the front of the advertiser building and which is now the ANZ building and just looking up and it went for floors and floors and floors and it just felt so great to be back in a CBD. And I know that's so funny because people from Melbourne or Sydney might say, well, your buildings are teeny tiny here. But for me, coming from the country and then from Canberra, it felt so great. Massive. And CBD living to the hilt because you're living in CBD, walking to work. That Mm. must have been a fabulous feeling. Yeah, it was really fun, actually. And our little apartment became where everyone came for pre-dinner drinks, you know. It was it was really great. And I still get that sense of, of when I walk around Adelaide of that that sense that, you know, yeah, we're we're smaller than Sydney or Melbourne, but we've got so much spunk. And back when when I was growing up in Adelaide and you'd come into the city and go out at nighttime, you'd be at the it was the era of the big clubs. So, you know, we'd be at Planet on Peary Street or Heaven on West Terrace or whatever. And I I'm just loving this this little bar scene that's that's taking place. It's so fabulous and intimate and everyone looks so great when you go out at nighttime. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm really loving that that the way that Adelaide has developed that personality. And I think the redevelopment of Adelaide Oval, which um, has happened during um, my time as a journalist, has been huge in that. There was and a lot of resistance for that, though, was there not? I think there was. I'm a member at Adelaide Oval, and I distinctly remember voting, yes, let's redevelop this oval. So I was I was one of those those people. But I do think that the redevelopment of Adelaide Oval has, has really sparked a reinvention of the CBD, and it's just been great. So... You know, it's it's good for us working on Weymouth Street because we just get to you know quickly trip down, trip across the west, and or heading what north, um, and go to press conferences at Adelaide Oval or player interviews and or watch training for the the strikers or whatever at Adelaide Oval. So it's, it's, it's really easy. Your back, it's your back garden, really. A little isn't bit. It? 
really means that you were in the beating heart of Adelaide, weren't you? Yes. And you were writing about the beating heart of Adelaide for 16 years. And I'm sure you can walk into a pub and you haven't interviewed everybody. I haven't interviewed everyone. But I'm sure you possibly (laughs) recognise a few places. But you've also been writing about wonderful, different, deep pockets within Adelaide. And Mm. one was an emerging one that you picked up. It was the rise of women's football. Mm. Do you want to tell us about the excitement of seeing that go from, I believe, no allowance to be at Adelaide Oval to such stellar success, including your award? Can you just give us a snapshot of that exciting journey? Mm. Yeah, I took on many roles at the advertiser. When I first started, I was a features sub-editor and eventually became features editor um, at the Sunday Mail. So I wasn't so much writing about Adelaide then unless I was writing about McLeod's daughters. <laughs> but I, um, you know, I wrote about some really excellent things. Um, I I wrote about TV, movies, music. Um, in that period of time, it was like 06 to 07, there was almost no television um, personality I didn't interview during that time. At one point, I was flown over to LA to um, interview uh, some uh, incredibly famous people, actually. I uh, interviewed Hugh Hefner at the Playboy Mansion. Um, in An experience. Um, we also interviewed the Kardashians back then. It was for season one of Keeping Up With The Kardashians. This was with a whole heap of um, television writers. And we all thought at the time, oh, this TV show is going nowhere. <laughs> How silly we were. Um, but anyway, then I, after that, I took on the deputy editor role at SA Life, which is a fabulous magazine. Because um, that's Adelaide Gloss. Yes, it is. It is Adelaide Gloss. And I was thinking about some of the stories that I've done um, with SA Life that that revolve around the city of Adelaide. And it was a time when apartment living was really only just getting started. So mm. now we're talking about 2008, 2009. And I remember, and maybe any readers or listeners, readers listen to me with my print background, um, listeners could, if they're walking down North Terrace, they can maybe look up and see if she's still there. I did a story with some people who lived in an apartment that was atop the old um, John Martin's building. So it's now above the David Jones car park. They had this exceptional view over North Terrace onto the um, the war memorial there. Um, and they had, they were very into art and they put up a sculpture and in, you know, it was a really big sculpture of an angel. And she had these huge wings, you know, we're talking, it was probably six or seven feet tall. Anyway, they always talked about the angel that looked over North Terrace. And I used to look up every time I was walking down North Terrace and say, oh yeah, she's still there, but I haven't done it for years. So I wonder whether she's she's still there. One thing with angels we know, even if she's not there in presence, and I'll certainly be looking up, angels never leave. No, yeah. It really is a case of getting the story of the story and the history of Adelaide as she's growing. Yeah. So just giving you a really brief kind of summary then, I came back to the Advertiser um, and the Sunday Mail after a couple of years at SA Life um, and started feature writing. Uh, I then had a couple of babies and... <laughs> um, started working part-time, then I was given um, the parenting round. Uh, A a few years into that, and my youngest was about three, I was walking through the newsroom one day and the editor, Matt Dighton, um, chased me down and said, Liz, it's an absolute disgrace 
that there are no women journalists in our sports team. And I've been asking around and people say, you're, you would be a good choice for a sports writer. And I just was pretty floored by that. <laughs> um, but I, I did grow up a huge sport fan. Um, so I actually do see myself as having grown up at Adelaide Oval. My dad is a huge cricket nut and he would take us to every Sheffield Shield game that was ever played at Adelaide Oval. And he'd point out when Dom Bradman was walking past, he'd get this special car park out the back of the grandstand and dad would always say, look, there's Dom Bradman. And really us kids were, you know, we didn't care enough back then. <laughs> I wish we did. Uh, so I thought long and hard about it. It's It's not, I don't think an easy thing always to totally reinvent yourself going going from the parenting round and sort of a feature writing role into sport reporting was a huge change but I decided well if you're ever going to take a jump you may as well do it I think I just turned 40 or something like that so it was like right off we go let's, it is sometimes let's take a jump to as exciting and compelling choices yeah yeah to make exciting and compelling, compelling lives yeah I think you have I was given essentially the round of women's sport and I just threw myself into that. Women's cricket came first because the summer came first um, and then came the football season, um, 20, 2019. So it was my first season doing the AFLW and I just, I, I literally threw myself into that Crows team. I attended as many training sessions and all these sessions were at night time. Um, I attended as many of them as I possibly could. I was at every single press conference. I started writing stories and, and all the comments that you would get were, no one will come and watch, women can't kick, girls can't play football. And I'd, as the season progressed, I, I noticed a really interesting change in the response that people were giving to our articles that suddenly, you know, three months down the track, people were saying, go girls, you can do this. Because it was a remarkable season. The Crows were incredible that year. Nobody could come close to them. They lost their first game. And then from there on in, you know, they just improved out of sight every week. And Erin Phillips was just in such sensational form and, you know, Chelsea Randall and all these girls. And and then along came the final series and um, the, the Crows played at Adelaide Oval for their prelim, preliminary final. Only 13,000 people came to that game. And and then they got into the grand final. And the day of the grand final, so I think we're talking March 2019, I didn't know what to expect. Some of the Crows players had sort of been saying, oh, you know, we'll get 25,000 there, Liz. And I was like, what? You're dreaming, aren't you? You only got 13,000 last week. And anyway, walking across the new footbridge to Adelaide Oval on that 2019 Grand final day, there were people everywhere. There was such an exciting feeling in the air. And and the lineup to get into Adelaide Oval stretched from the gates to the beginning of the footbridge. It was just amazing. And then sitting in that press box that day and watching as people the gates opened and people just flooded in. Um, it was incredible. And it was such an amazing game of football and the Crows won by six or seven goals or something like that. And when they put up the crowd figure on that um, scoreboard that said 53,000 um, people had come to that game, it was just an incredible moment. I think I cried for two days after that game because it just felt so significant. It was like, here is women's football and here is women's sport and look at all these people who came to see it. 
and your role in that. How do you actually feel about the fact that you were you were part mm. of bringing that together? Mm. It was nice. It's certainly nice to be a part of um, because it does feel like there has been such a recent shift in community thinking towards women's sport. It's not just football. Um, I also see the women's cricket team um, as being hugely influential in that space, the Australian team. I suppose you you are able to influence in some way the way people view female athletes. I'm always really careful. I never, when I'm writing stories about footballers, cricketers, anyone, I, I never refer to them as women's footballers or women's cricketers. I'll actually just refer to them as the footballers and the cricketers and, and things like that because I, I, I want people to know that they are footballers, <laughs> just the same as, as the men. They don't get paid as much and most of them have jobs and, you know, they're semi-professional, but they are footballers um, mm. and they are cricketers. So if I can influence public opinion in, in those kinds of ways, um, then I do feel like I've done a good job. Certainly have. It's also helped Adelaide grow up a little bit, I think, part of that story, has it not? I think absolutely. Um the fact that we got fifty more than 50,000 people to a women's football grand final um, really made this place seem like a, a, a place that celebrated all athletes. Um, and so, yeah, I'd, I'd love to think um, that Adelaide does take on a role in changing the lives of women athletes, really. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Because a lot started here. Yeah. Yeah. So how do you feel now that you, are you totally sports now? Yes, yes, yes. I've been... How do you feel now you're in that new role? It looks like it's a very, very comfortable skin. How do you find it? It's not always comfortable at all. Um, I'm the only female sports reporter um, at The Advertiser. Um, there are very few of us um, out there. I, um, I'm probably going to forget someone, but um, Nikki Barnett at seven, Vicky Schwartz at nine, um, Jodie Oddie at ten, um, yeah, there aren't there aren't many female journalists out there, and so very often I do find myself, and I'm quite short, um, so I do kind of find myself sometimes really overwhelmed by, um, you know, oh, you know, what am I doing here? <laughs> I suppose. Um, so it's not always a comfortable skin at all. I find myself really comfortable um, around women's athletes, and and I I feel like yeah, I, I feel really comfortable in that space. It's certainly becoming more comfortable, and I certainly enjoy it, but it's not always comfortable. Now, tell us, knowing the CBD as well as you do, and with your essay life hat on as well, that experience, what do, what do you know? What about some of the treasures of Adelaide that we, we just walk past every day, hidden in plain sight, we don't always see? One of my favourite stories I did while I was working at SA Life was, um, I, I'm a big lover of fashion. When I became a sport reporter, actually, lots of people would say to me, do you even like sport? I said to someone one day, why do people say that to me all the time? She was like, because you wear high heels and skirts. You don't look like a sport reporter. <laughs> anyway, I love fashion and I also love history. And um, I did um, a series uh, with the Migration Museum on Kintour Avenue of delving into their costume collection and going back over... Um, 
you know, just just some of the gems that they have that never go on display. You wouldn't even know that they exist, really. But we got out the oldest um, dress in their collection, which was from 1840 or something. And one of, um, you know, the the pioneer girls wore it to a ball or something um, to um, some dresses that were worn by Lady Porter, who used to be the Lady Mayoress um, at... at um, at Adelaide uh, through to contemporary style dresses from the 70s and 80s. I think one of the dresses we picked out had been worn when someone, um, I can't remember who, I'm sorry, but had met Princess Di when she came to town. Mm, so that, that was excellent. And that's actually the the historical precinct of North Terrace. I think what some people don't realise is just how much is hidden behind their walls that you would never get to see, just these beautiful artefacts and and really historical pieces and the artwork that's in the art gallery, um, you know, that you don't always get to see but is just stored away. Um, and it's going to be great when the, the new Indigenous gallery is built. Final reflections, final words. I have now, you know, been back in Adelaide since 2005. I think I moved back here. And I can't imagine going anywhere else. You know, the the kids are happy here. We, um, you know, my husband's also a journalist and, and works at the advertiser as well. Um, and yeah, you know, we, we love it. And I suppose in lots of ways, yeah, we have followed or, or we have grown up as the city has grown up. Yeah, I, I kind of love being at a place in my career at a time when I can make a difference and that maybe one day we can look back and go, you know, wow, what a time that was. But it will be at a time when women are, are paid properly and are professional athletes. And the women cricketers, for example, they, they still play at Karen Rolton Oval, which is also in the city. That's a, that's a great venue, not knocking the venue. But it would be great to see strikers games, women's strikers games back played at Adelaide Oval with full crowds there. Yeah, that would be nice. This podcast is brought to you by the Adelaide Economic Development Agency. Follow us at Experience ADL on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, or visit experienceadelaide.com.au for everything you need to know about visiting, living, working, studying, and investing in Adelaide. <laughs>